Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on snakes. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet, your family out of the hospital, and snakes out of your home, McKay Tautu. Yes, please keep the snakes out of my home and yard. I understand that you are a snake fan, that there's few snakes that you really wouldn't just welcome. You know, Garth, I don't know, but you're delusional. I have no love for snakes. <laughs> I can appreciate they're part of the ecosystem at the end. The reason why we're covering this is because snakes are part of the environment. You know, there's no place you can live in the United States that does not have poisonous or venomous Except snakes. for Hawaii. Except for Hawaii. Yes, we should all move there. Just kidding. I know there's people who love snakes. And yeah. so with all due respect to them, we're talking about the snakes that are not wanted that can cause damage to your home, including emotional damage. That are, that are not wanted <laughs> by McKay. Yeah, I'm going to blame all this on you. I can't say that I'm necessarily a snake lover either. Now, you and I did a radio show back in the day, you know, when we were getting started with all this by a guy who was very much a snake lover. I know. He was so much fun. Yeah. That was, a, that was my favorite show, I think. Dude, what did he say? He had seven different venomous snakes in his house? Yeah, and he wasn't married and he wondered why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told him I might be able to start him off with a couple of clues as to why. We had one tip for him. Just don't mention your snakes ever. <laughs> Until you know that she's the one you're taking home, and then slowly we start with something that is non-venomous. So we're going to be talking in these segments about the different kinds of snakes, most of which are not venomous and uh, can only be entertainment. Some of them obviously can actually be good for you. For example, I know that you, in addition to being a snake fan, McKay, you're also a fan of mice and rats. Oh, I love those too. One big parte. <laughs> so you're going to have to go to the segment on mice and hear her stories about I know what you're going towards, though. You're going to the place of saying that snakes will get rid of your mice, mice. and rats. But the problem is, if you have snakes, you have mice and rats. That's true. Ugh. And if you have mice and rats, you have snakes. So as the home inspector... Okay. Quite often what I will do as kind of uh, an addition to my home inspection services is I'll look at the exterior of the home. And quite often, especially in the newer developments, you'll have these big, boulder landscape areas in the hillsides. And you love the rock landscaping, don't you, Garth? Uh, makes me happy. He does not like the rock landscaping. He thinks it causes all sorts of problems. But one of those problems is with critters. Right. Critters, whether it be snakes or mice or whatever, they're all looking for food and shelter, and those boulders create that. And if you have a dog with dog food sitting out and you have a rock wall in your front yard, you've got both, right? You've got all of the above. And then critters go eat the dog food, they hide in the rocks, the snake finds the mice, and you've developed your own little ecosystem. Awesome. Yeah. Before we get too far down the road, there are also snakes that eat snakes. Yes. And I'm thinking those might be a little bit lower on your despise scale. Well, the funny thing is the snakes around here that eat other snakes, those ones aren't poisonous. Right. So it's like the bull snake. They like to eat the rattlesnakes. So that makes them happy snakes. Yes. And I have met a few of those. You and have? they were calm and kind, even though I read up on them and it says that sometimes, because they look like a rattlesnake, they really do. But even their head is smaller and then they, of course, don't have the rattle. But sometimes they will try and 
act like a rattlesnake to defend themselves. But I didn't have any do that. I had the bull snakes always being very, very calm. Yeah. So let's start down this road of snake education. And there are, you know, snake enthusiasts out there. I don't think you or I are in that list. No, no. But let's start with what <laughs> motivates a snake. Let's see things from a snake's point of view. And, and that doesn't mean necessarily getting down on the ground and trying to see things from that elevation. But, you know, let's start with what motivates a snake. First off is uh, he wants to eat and stay alive. Right. Okay. Then there's always the reproduce thing. You know, I don't think you and I can really affect that, but we can very much affect whether a snake is going to be able to eat and stay alive. Right. So if those are his motivations and if we want to encourage more snakes or if we want to discourage more snakes from our yard, then we've got to look at those motivations. Well, and you have to remember too, as you know, a home inspector, <laughs> so what I'm going to is there was um, a family in Idaho. Remember this story, Garth? Yes. So you, their house was actually built on a, what do they call them? A colony yeah. of snakes. So that's where they all live and they all, because these places that get cold in the winter, the snakes need somewhere to burrow and they do that together for the most part, right? Yeah. And that, I think that story is very similar to the one in, what was it, Vermont where- um, in Maryland. Yeah. Where you have these lake beds and so yeah. you get these caverns down below the soil where you get thousands of snakes because that's where they're sleeping at night. And so somebody in, in Idaho actually built a cabin on top of one of these caverns. Tens of thousands of snakes, like they're coming out of the light fixtures. They're coming, they're embedded up in the siding. Like, do you want bad dreams? Go online, go on YouTube and look up the Idaho or the Maryland snake house. That's all you got to put. The snake house. <sighs> so moral of this story is if you want to have snakes, go where they are. If you don't, you know, go where they're not. And in many cases, we are going where they are. We're going out in places where, you know, we're building in areas where, it used to be field for the last billion years. Right. That's so true right now. That's happening everywhere. And we're building on hillsides. We're building, you know, out, you know, wherever the edge of civilization is, that's where the new homes are going. And that is snake and mouse land. As you're buying homes in that area, you'll want to be aware of that. Now, you, McKay, are actually moving from your present home on the hillside to a different home on a different hillside. But this hillside is all recent development. And so I've had my share of run-ins with rattlesnakes. And you've run into them uh, at the new location already? No, no. At, over here where I've lived in the past two years. Uh -huh. That was new development. And so there are a lot of rattlesnakes. They, you know, they haven't figured out to get out they of my space yet. haven't figured out that it's human territory. <laughs> and I took over Hate their when territory. That happens. So, <laughs> you know, this goes back to the motivation for a rattlesnake is he's wanting to stay alive. He was wanting to continue to live where he's been living and where, you know, great-grandpa Ed always has lived. Mm, they must be in shock. I do feel bad. Yeah. But not bad enough to not want to <laughs> run them over with my them. car. Yes. So let's go to another story. You know, again, this goes back to the motivations for a snake. And this kind of, to me, is foundation for everything that follows is, you know, is trying to see things from a snake's point of view. You were at a lake, southern end of the state, very cool lake. Mm -hmm. And was it you that got the dry bite or was that somebody else? That was my dad. Okay, that was your dad. Tell that story. So he was at Lake Powell and he was scaling his fish at the end of the day. It was like 10 o'clock at night. So at, in the summertime, it gets dark rather late, probably about 9.30, 9.45. 
And he was sitting there just scaling his fish and cleaning his fish out. I guess he wasn't scaling them. That's what we do in Florida, too. Anyway, he was cleaning his fish. <laughs> and he felt something on his ankle sting really, really bad. And he reached down, he slapped it. And then he just, you know, he's a guy. He's tough. He keeps cleaning his fish out. And then out of the corner of his eye, my cute stepmom was holding the flashlight for him. And out of the corner of his eye, he saw something. And he looked over. And sure enough, there was a snake slithering away and he noticed it was a rattlesnake because he saw the very end of it and he thought I wonder if that gosh darn thing just bit me and he looks down and sure enough he's got the fang marks and so he's old school right plus this was like 20 years ago but he's old school so he gets out his knife and cuts x's remember when Mm. we were supposed to do that yeah he cuts X's in it and he tries to, I think he tried to suck it. Or he, oh, that's what's funny. He told my stepmom, Marion, I need you to suck out the venom. And she was like, no, no. I, he's like, you'll sit here and let me die out here. She's like, I'm not sucking. <laughs> anyway, so then he cut the X's and then he tourniqueted his like, but it's dark in a canyon. If you've been to a lake like Lake Powell, it's it has been created in a canyon. Right. And so it's not safe to be driving around in the dark. But they had their spotlight, and it took them about two hours to get uh, to the marina. And they got there, and he was able to get first aid um, care. But I always wondered, because he was definitely bit by a snake. Mm-hmm. Um, it, of course, his emotions were a little bit high, especially the stress of trying to get out of this canyon and get to the marina in a boat and so I always kind of wondered that's really a miracle that he did not you know die or be super ill because that's a long time in a high stress situation his heart had to have been pumping so as we discussed this experience with our snake professional or goober goober guru (laughs) an uber goober whatever anyway as we discussed this with him he said that 50% of snake bites are dry snake bites that they actually don't inject the poison the venom it's called a dry bite where they don't inject the venom so a snake is sitting here thinking okay I need to eat but this guy's bugging me maybe he was stepping on maybe grandpa what was his name again bob bob just in his territory right? bob was stepping on the snake maybe he was in the territory and he's like okay you know you're in my space get out but he didn't want to waste his venom because venom is dinner and he uh, that snake probably wanted to eat yeah yes so very interesting it makes you a little less afraid but a little less you don't want to be that one where you get the venom. It's, it's still a snake. Yeah. A rattlesnake of all things. So, uh, yeah, lessons learned from this story. Uh, I guess one is that if you're out in the wilderness, you know, just be aware that there's wild stuff out there. Two, knowing that maybe when you're doing the scaling, maybe you have a light or a lantern or enough visibility so that you can see if a snake is uh, unhappy that you're there. And, you know, we all know you just stay calm and get yeah. first yeah. aid attention. And Yeah, and that's kind of the third thing for me is don't die trying to save your life. You know, he could have put that boat in top gear and just hoped that he never ran into anything and then he would have drowned <laughs> instead of... <laughs> right, right, or taken a lot longer to get there. And what if it wasn't a dry bite? So, yeah, right. Yeah, don't risk your life trying to save it. You know, obviously haste is a good thing, but there's no use killing yourself trying to get to the hospital that's still death that's still death so when you're inspecting a home you're looking at the rocks you're looking what else do you look for because obviously these folks in idaho they had a home inspector 
but who yeah. may have saw a snake and it wasn't alarming but it wasn't until they moved in. And you can't, this also made me a little cautious because you really, as sad as it is, cannot trust everyone because that's something they should have disclosed. Right. Right. Obviously the people who lived there knew about it, but they did not disclose it. So now, and the selling realtor had known about it, if I remember correctly. So there's, this was a court case now. Uh huh. Yeah. I would imagine they had the choice of either living with the snakes or leaving and losing all of that. And that's a big loss and you cannot, there's no cleanup. No, there's not. You know, even if you were able to wave a magic wand and kill every snake that was there, besides the stench that you'd be dealing with, there'd be the grandma's cousin that lives a half mile away that would come back to, you know, and start the whole process all over again. Oh, the snake cousin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The snake grandma cousin. So what do we need to know? What would be your, what's your top tip? So, you know, first is just that we have to have a little bit of awareness. Not all snakes are bad, you know, and in some of these areas, you just want to be aware of what sort of venomous snakes there are. And it's a much lesser issue if the snakes that may be in your area aren't aren't venomous. For example, a home that I still own but don't live in, we had a lot of garden snakes mm-hmm. there. And those pretty much come with the territory, you know, and they eat bugs and, and the kids like to chase them. And I don't uh, really have a problem with that. Pretty much anywhere you're going to have that variety of snakes. You can't move away from... Well, as long as they're not in your house. Right, right. Have you ever seen snakes come up through a dryer vent or anything? I have not in this area seen that. I don't want to say that somebody that lives maybe in Florida or Georgia or, you know, someplace like that. I'm sure that's possible. Actually, I do have a story from a buddy of mine. He was in Georgia, and he got up into the attic of this home that he was visiting, and there was this big old massive, you know, like three-inch diameter wide. I don't know what kind of snake that was. But it was living up there in the attic, and again, he was following the mice that were also up there in the attic, Mm. and it, it was just a great location for all of them to be in. Happy little family. Yes. Yes. So if you don't need that sort of environment, then, you know, there are things that you can do. And we'll be talking about those in the next segments. Should we skip the master of your mansion? Because you know what your mansion is going to look no, like ma- on this no one. No snakes. You, the I listener. I don't care if it is a 10 by 10. <laughs> as long as there's no snakes. Yes, you do. So <laughs> you, the listener, are becoming master of your mansion. For more information, homemedicworld.com. And as always, be yourself, because only McKay gets to really and truly love snakes. Hi, this is Julie with your Natural Solutions tip for the day. Which bring my favorites, lemon, lavender, and peppermint essential oils. What do they do, Jules? What I love about those three oils is it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. Which are so crucial at certain point times of the year. I love taking them before I go out to garden or... Or hike during the spring and the fall. So if you are one of those many, many people like me who suffer from seasonal threats, you will definitely want to give lemon, lavender, and peppermint a try. Couple drops under your tongue. Voila! If you want to know more, contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.